there was a video that I saw. I won't get to preaching here in a minute. I left my slide up there, slide 136, you got it? Yeah, okay, we're ready to go. Slide 136, glory. I saw a video the other day my friend Bishop Zaragoza in the Philippines posted, and he said, this is why we preach Acts 2.38. This is why we believe in the new birth. This is what we're living the way we're living for. This is why. And this video was a camera in an emergency room of a hospital. And it was a, this security camera actually picked up and recorded. They brought someone in who was having heart trouble. And Brother Nathan... They flatlined. What was interesting was the camera caught something. I don't know if you've seen this video or not. I went to look at it. I wanted my family to see it, and it's not up there anymore. They took it down. Probably was too offensive for the millennial snowflake people who are getting ready to cry again in November of 2020. Anyhow, take your tears and bottle them up. That's what the Word says. The Lord, God bottles up your tears. Some of them's going to have barrels full, I'm telling you. A lot have been crying for four years already. The camera caught something coming out of that individual's body. I don't know if anybody has seen this video or not. Then it went to another place, and someone else was laying. It was, looked like a nursing home type deal. And this person passed away, expired also. And here comes, went, here comes up out of that body this. It's the spirit leaving the body. I saw it on three different occasions. Guess what? That's what we're headed for. This world isn't our home. Don't get satisfied here. Don't get hung up down here. Don't get hung up on all the small things down here because there's a much bigger fish to fry. There's a much better place to head toward. Amen? We've got a much bigger goal to get to. Amen. Amen. Don't let somebody hurt your feelings and offend you in church. Can you believe that? You get offended in church. You know why you get offended in church? Because where do the church people come from? Church people come out of the world. We're not perfect. We're just forgiven. People are going to say something to hurt your feelings. It's all right. I'm sure you've never said anything to hurt anybody else's feelings. People are going to offend you. I'm sure I've never offended anybody. Lord, have mercy. I could burn up a computer on the people I've offended. There are some places, Brother Dave, I can go, and immediately when I walk in the room, I offend somebody. Because I see him look at the other person, and I can read lips, and they say, what is he doing here? 
I, I got the invitation. Here I am. Here I am. People are going to offend you. Suck it up. People are going to hurt your feelings. Suck it up. People are going to say bad things about you. Suck it up. They say bad things about you at work, and you keep going back to work. And listen, heaven's a lot more important than work is. Amen. We have to get the attitude of this early church. Now, before I start preaching, I would like to invite each and every one of you this coming Saturday night to the church appreciation dinner. I would like everybody there, all y'all. I said that for Caitlin so she'd understand what we were saying. All y'all. She was talking to me the other day, and I wasn't paying any attention to really what she was saying, but it sounded like she said she was trying to be nice. And I looked up, and I said, you're trying to be nice? No, sir. She said, I'm chewing on ice. I said, oh, okay. All right. Somebody chewing on ice. Ice. Trying to be nice. And I thought, well, when she said trying to be nice, I thought, Lord, am I being mean? I said, what? You're trying to be nice. Chewing on ice. I said, all right. I want all y'all to come this Saturday night to Unity Baptist Church right across the field here. Six o'clock, we're going to have a dinner. It's free. Amen. The church has bought this for all of us. We want to talk to you. We want to enjoy each other. We want to appreciate you. We want to have a little fellowship together. We do that because the Christmas season is too hard and busy for everybody to get in together and have a Christmas banquet like we used to. Remember the Christmas banquet you used to go to back in the day? When you had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, you had women's prayer on Monday morning, you had ladies' auxiliary on Friday night. Remember all that? And somehow you still had time for church and didn't even get sick of it. So anyhow, we want you to come, and we are unveiling a new ministry that everyone can be involved in. I sent this text out yesterday. I want everybody to be there if you possibly can. The only way that you can't be is I would... would, I am expecting to see a video of your spirit leaving your body in the emergency room, and you'll say, Pastor, I can't be here. I'm sorry, Pastor. I had other things I had to take care of today. Amen. So please, make make a plan to be there. We've got a special speaker going to be there. for. I told him he's got about 15 minutes. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the kingdom and servanthood. So everybody's invited. Please come. Kids, everybody. All right? Is that fair? Where, when is that? Saturday, what time? Where at? Now, we're just going over there to eat. Don't go over there and get a membership. You just come on back here Sunday morning. All right. We're going to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 5. Wednesday night church, we're back on our regular schedule. Man, how many had like last week, you had like 12 Fridays in your week? You go around saying, what day is it? Is it Saturday? No, it's like Thursday. Are you kidding me? Amy said, what day is it? It's like uh, Monday. Well, she said, it feels like Friday. I said, boy, she's going to have to get back to work. She's had too big of a vacation. Amen. So we're back on Wednesday night to 7. Acts chapter 5, verse number 11. And great fear, everybody say great fear, fear. came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. This is the tail end of when Ananias and Sapphira 
lied to Peter about the land that they had sold, the possession that they had. It wouldn't have been bad, and we've already discussed this, if they would have said, no, we sold it for X amount, and we're giving this amount. But Peter said, did you sell it for this? And they said, we sure did. Because they wanted everybody to think they were giving all that they got out of the, out of the uh, transaction to the church. So there was a little pride and a little issue there. And in that setting, in the early church, the book of Acts church, God didn't take lightly to that, and so Ananias and Sapphira passed away suddenly. Their spirits took off out of their bodies. So when the people heard about this, great fear came upon all the people in the church. I would say a lot of us would drop our church games if a few of us fell dead at the altar. Please don't leave here and say, oh, my Lord, the pastor in 2020 is mean now. No, I'm not mean. I'm just reading what the book says. You've got to go to a church where the preacher preaches what's in the book. Amen? We've got to go there. And upon many, as many outside the church heard about it too, and there was great fear everywhere. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. Now, there was a, there was a big, big, big uh, conflict here in Jerusalem during this time because, you see, these apostles were the disciples of Jesus. And there was still controversy over the ministry of Jesus and over the crucifixion of Jesus. There were still questions about the quote, uh, some sects say the resurrection of Jesus. I believe the last time I preached to you, you learned the difference between a Pharisee and a Sadducee, right? Pharisees uh, uh, believed in angels and resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. Sadducees don't believe in angels and don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Therefore, they are sad, you see. I'd rather believe in angels than not believe in angels because they're real. I believe in the resurrection of the dead because I've, I've read about one and experienced his spirit in my life of one who has resurrected from the dead. Amen. And so there was this great controversy. You had these people in the church who were, were terrified and mortified because they had just seen a brother and sister in Christ fall dead at the altar. We get a few of those, the churches start cleaning up its act a little bit. Then we had people on the outside hearing about, did you hear what happened at the first book of Acts, church, down there? They had two people die. And there's no small stir. And then you have this political religious system. Uh, they're fighting about, well, what's going on here and all of this, and no man is going to join himself to this, but the, the old common people magnified them. And the, and the believers, the Bible says, the believers were more added to the church. Everybody say added. God wants to add to this church. God wants to add. Listen, the devil is always taking away from you. God wants to add to you. The devil's always tearing you down. God is trying to put you back together and build you up. If you're in relationships and friendships where people tear you down, get out of them. Now, don't look at your spouse. I just saw somebody look at their spouse. Don't be looking at your spouse. 
If your spouse is tearing you down, it's time to go see somebody. Start out with the pastor. If the pastor can't help the two of you, we go to the next level. Amen. We just keep going to the next level until finally we say, nobody can help you. You're just going to have to get in the presence of Jesus and pray this thing through. Sometimes life is a major just decisions. Life is made up of decisions. We have a decision to make. Are we going to be a worshiper or are we not going to be a worshiper? Are we going to be a follower of Jesus or are we not going to be a follower of Jesus? Am I going to be on time to church or am I not even going to be on time to church? Am I going to go to church or am I not going to go to church? Am I going to sin or am I not going to sin? You see, it's all decisions. Life is made up of decisions. And so we've got to make sure that our decisions are, are um, our decisions are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Marinated in the word of God. Does that make sense? Anybody ever marinate? You know how you marinate. It's how I, I make wings. Super Bowl, they all want wings in my house. Now, we used to get by with a four-pound bag. That doesn't work anymore. It takes 12. 12 pounds of wings. I shouldn't even tell my cooking secrets because somebody else will know what's going on. But the, the way I decide how I'm, what flavors I'm going to marinate is I look in the kitchen door or the refrigerator door and I see what sauces have been in there way too long. See, now my family, just that's rolling their eyes. Because they thought I was making that Zia's sweet Italian wings because I just love to. No, it's because we had three-quarters of a bottle that sat in there thought way too long. So I just dumped them in there and let them soak. Hallelujah. Let them marinate. We tried soy sauce the other day, much too salty, but we did get rid of the soy sauce that had been there probably about three years. Amen. So it's gone. I'll probably be, bring wings to the dinner Saturday night. All right, so you'll know what we finally got rid of. You've got to have your thoughts marinated in the Word of God. That's why you have to put the Word in there. And so these disciples had been with Jesus. Brother Johnny preached on it, taught on it today. He said, and the Word became flesh. The Word of God became flesh. And that word, logos, comes from the Greek word, which means the thought or the intent. In the beginning was the thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God. What was that thought? That thought was Genesis 3.15 that said, I will come in flesh and the serpent will bruise my heel, but I'm going to bruise his head. And verse 14 of John 1 says, and the thought became flesh. Woo, put in action. Uh-huh. So we get the word in us that marinates our thoughts. And the disciples had been walking with Jesus three years in his ministry. They saw him walking on water. They saw him raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. They saw him feed 5,000 with, with five loaves and two, two pieces of fish, filet of fish sandwiches, get two of them on Friday, hallelujah, and take care of the quota. They saw all of that happen. Some of you caught it, some of you didn't. I'm not going back. They saw the word in action. You've got to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just a matter of going to church. It's a matter of walking in step with Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's like a marriage. 
I've been married to my bride for 32 years. Had to think for a minute. And there are times when she begins to work in the gifts. Where she knows exactly what I'm thinking. Last night we're driving up the road into the to the house and I believe she was a little irritated at me. I can't believe that, but Caitlin is more scared of her than she is me. She said, I see how those eyebrows come together. I said, I know it's that crease. You got that crease right there. I said, Don't worry, don't be af- be not afraid, my daughter. I've been looking at that crease in her forehead for 30, 33 years, and I'm still surviving. I said, how do you know what I'm thinking? Because I've been with you long enough. I know. Come on up here, and I'll give you the mic, and you can preach a little bit. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to let her outdo me. I'll tell you what, I know how you think too. She said, really? I said, really? And I wanted to say, and we're going to go in there and we're going we're gonna to sit on the couch and we're going to get a blanket and we're just going to snuggle up with each other. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say, but I knew that if I said, I would not know that she was thinking that because I... I had then torqued her off. I had set her on fire. You know how it is, gentlemen. You know which button to push. You know when to say it. You know how to say it. You know how the tone needs to be. Amen. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a relationship. She knows what I'm thinking sometimes. There's other times I say, you don't want to know what I'm thinking. But if you want to know, I will tell you. And then wisdom kicks in and she says, don't even tell me. I said, all right, we'll leave it there. Why? Because we're in relationship. It's the same way walking with God. You're in relationship with him. It's not just coming to a church and joining the church. It's in relationship. That's why in order to get into the kingdom, you have to be born into the kingdom. You have to be born again of water and spirit. That's what Jesus said. These disciples in this early church had been born again. They had walked with Jesus. They saw what he did with his physical eyes. They saw the people that he touched with his hands. They heard the words that he spoke. And now they are imitating exactly what they saw. And the Lord is sending men and women into the church daily. Daily. They're coming in. And so I want to go to this today. Shadow dancing. Shadow dancing. This was a song back in the 70s performed by one of my wife's very own special boyfriends that she had back then, Andy Gibb. I preferred Andy's bigger brothers, BGs, because I can sing up there with them. I don't know how it sounds, but I know in a car I can put it down and pick it up, and it's just sounding fine. Stand alive. Oh! Now you can tell by the way I do. No, no. 
But Amy liked shadow dancing, right? There was shadow dancing in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, verse 15, insomuch. Now there's great fear all over the people. There had been two people died down at the first, first church in the book of Acts. Two people done died. They carried him out. Tim, Tim and Brad were on the burial committee. Amen. You talk about a dead church. Two of them were that day by the time it was done. Wasn't it? That's why we need to stay alive in here. All right. Brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least a shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, everyone. Say, they were healed, everyone. Jesus' shadow never healed anybody that we have record of. There is no place in Scripture that says Jesus' shadow healed anybody. But this goes back to John chapter number 14 where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen? If it were not so, I would have told you. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it will satisfy us. And Jesus said, Have I been so long time with you, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, for I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And he goes on and he says, and the works that I do shall you do also. John chapter 14, verse 12, I believe it is. And greater works, everybody say greater, than these shall you do. I believe this is a greater work. I believe that the faith of the people in that time in that town was so high that the shadow of Peter passing over the sick folk, they were healed instantly. I believe, now watch this, we talk, we're, you're all scared of the boogeyman. I want you in 2020 to stop being scared of the boogeyman. A.K.A., also known as the devil. Because the devil was in people in that city and they put them down in the street. They're sitting on the sidewalk and here comes the old apostolic apostle, Peter. And the devil was so powerful that he couldn't even handle the shadow of the apostle walking by and passing over him. And you know that there's also a scripture that talks about when they anointed handkerchiefs and cloths, we'll get to that. Listen, the devil cannot handle an anointed piece of cloth from an apostolic man and woman of God. That's what you are. Say, I am. Oh, come on, you got it. I am. I am. Apostolic. Apostolic. I, I am. Uh, I'm not a very good choir director. All right. I am. Apostolic. Yes, you know what that means? That means that you live the lifestyle of the apostles. An apostle, an apostolic means to follow the teachings and practices of the apostles from the book of Acts. Guess what? The apostles spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. Guess what? The apostles were water baptized in the name of Jesus. You've done that? You're apostolic. Now it's time to move on to the greater things. Now it's time to move on to the deeds. Now it's time to move on to the works. 
Now it's time to move on to action, the Acts of the Apostles. And so what we're looking at here is there was a transfer of power from Jesus to the Apostles at the day of Pentecost. And they took that power and they began to turn their worlds upside down. They turned their world upside down at work. They turned their world upside down at Walmart. They turned their world upside down at Dollar General. They turned their world upside down at Ponderosa. Everywhere they went, they turned their world upside down. And guess what? You and I have the same power and the same ability that you can do the same thing. But you've got to start believing that Jesus wants to use you. You've got to start believing that the power is in you to whip the boogeyman. You've got to believe that Jesus wants to do some shadow dancing in your life. You've got to believe that Jesus wants to give you victory over that mountain you've been trying to climb for how many years in your life. It's time to get victory over that mountain. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So this early church had some power in it. This early church had some things moving in it. So why aren't we like that today, Pastor? Because we're consumed with life. We're consumed with life. My brother, Ginger's dad, has been to Ethiopia several times for their big camp meeting that they have. You've seen video of it where 100,000 people receive the Holy Ghost in one service. But what's not on that video is, and I hope I get all this right, but that open field... Now, where are you going to put? Where are you going to put five hundred thousand people? You think we're going to fit five hundred thousand people in here? Clark's always wanting to take the pews out of here. We'd have to, we'd have to just bulldoze the whole thing. Everybody just start standing like this in thirteen point six acres, and I don't know if we can get five hundred thousand there or not. They're in this big open field, and what happens is when they first started to having this crusade, these, this camp meeting, that field, nobody would go there because it was full of some of the deadliest snakes found on the African continent. But you've got to remember something. We're not talking about just a church in Ethiopia. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. You know... You're not, you're not part of a church per se. You're part of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Well, I, I belong to Family Worship Center. And Family Worship Center is just a building that we gather in to house this part of the kingdom of God. Think beyond the building. You've got to think beyond some things. Stop thinking small. Start thinking bigger. Stop thinking right here and start thinking out there. Start thinking what God can do because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. He is able to do more than you can even dream of. Did you hear that? He is able to do more than you can even dream of. Carlita, when you was over there on the north shore of Oahu and you had your hand open talking about that principle... 
Did you, th did you think about Zachariah and Riker? No! You couldn't even imagine that. But God is able within 30 days to bring something that you couldn't even imagine. I'm telling you that God is able to bring something into your life that you can't even imagine, that you can't even put together on paper, that you can't even fathom with your mind. God is able to do that. But it's time to let loose and let God do it. It's time to get some reckless, wild faith in your life and say, Jesus, if they can have this in the book of Acts, I surely can see my loved one in church full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If this can happen in the book of Acts, I can put my marriage back together in Jesus' name. Hey, now. So they went and they wanted to buy this field, but everybody was scared to go there because of the field. Because of all these snakes. But the church, Brother Teclamarian was the overseer of the church. They bought the field. And when they bought the field, they went out and they prayed over it and said, this field is dedicated to the glory of God. There came up a hailstorm. When the hail hit the ground, it turned to fire. As the hail hit the ground, the noise of the hail began to drive the snakes to the surface. And when they came up, the Hail, ice turned to fire and destroyed all of the serpents. There's no more snakes on that field anymore. And my brother said before that service where 100,000 received the Holy Ghost, he said they were bringing in blind people. And blind people, but this is pre-service prayer. They're bringing in blind people and blind eyes are opening up. They're bringing in deaf people and deaf ears are opening up. He said they brought in a dead person and the dead person raised from the dead just during the prayer meeting. Why? Because we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about if they can do it there, we ought to be able to do it here. But the devil keeps us so busy with life. Oh, and he keeps us so busy with drama. 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 That will be another series. We're not hitting on that today. But the devil makes things bigger in your mind than they actually are. <laughs> You thought I was going to be nice this decade. It's not getting off to a very good start, is it? They were healed, every one of them. Then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, there they were, and they were filled with indignation. Guess what? Religious people are going to get mad at you. So what? You got to get up here to this age. I'm, I'm coming into the age of, I don't know what it is. No, it's no filters. It's, it's like the, what's that, the Gilded Age? Is that a good time? Wasn't that a good time, the Gilded Age? I don't know what, I, I'm coming into the age where it's like the, the, the filters just keep getting thinner and thinner. You know what? Not everybody's going to like you. 
Just get, get used to it right now. Not everybody is going to accept your friend request on Facebook. I remember years ago, I had a preacher come and preach for us, and he did a great job, and I thought we had connected pretty good. And so then when Facebook came out, I tried to friend him. He denied my friend request. I thought, la-ti-da, baby. So I sent it again. This is when I was on Facebook a lot. I'm not on Facebook very much anymore. And I, and I would see when he was on, so then I would really send it. I said, oh, and you know, then, then my feelings got hurt. Big bad Tracy. Feelings got hurt. And then suddenly I realized, you know what? Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to appreciate you, Tracy. Right? You just look at it that way. Randall, if somebody doesn't like you, they don't appreciate you. I appreciate you. I thought I was going to have to sing today. Your voice was rough. Man, well, not when you're singing, but I mean before that. I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Help him, Lord. Randall's going to need some help there. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. You're going to get your feelings hurt. Somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. I just had somebody the other day tell me I was number one. Amen. But I was in the suburban and they were in a Prius. I said, deal with it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's going to be people that are going to be filled with indignation. They don't like you coming to this church. People don't like it when you tell them that you're spirit-filled. People don't like it when you tell them you speak in tongues. People don't like it when you say, well, this is what I believe. And they say, well, yeah. Yeah. And you're all excited and you get Jesus in your life and you, you go tell Grandpa and uh, uh, Uncle, Uncle Bill, hey, Uncle Bill, I got the Holy Ghost. How you know you got the Holy Ghost now? And Uncle Bill ain't been in church in 750 years. All right? Now follow me close here. Uncle Bill ain't been in church in 750 years, and you're all excited because you're on fire because Jesus is in there now. Whoa! You know, you know how it feels when you first get the Holy Ghost. Right? You know how it feels. You feel like the karate kid. And you tell Uncle Bill, Uncle Bill, I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh how you know you got the Holy Ghost? Oh, I spoke in tongues. Oh, oh, oh. Was there an interpreter? You start scratching your head. First of all, you're trying to figure out what an interpreter is. I haven't got that far in the Holy Ghost yet, Uncle Bill. All I know is it came in me. I was feeling sad and bad about myself, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me. And, man, I praised him, and the power of God came, and I spoke in tongues, and I'm on fire now, Uncle Bill. And suddenly, the man that has not been in church in 750 years is a theologian. He has a master's degree in stupidity. He ain't read the Bible more. 
Only thing he's read in the Bible is what he saw at the, in, the, in the back of the, the funeral thing, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he went into an extra, uh, extra degree program when it said, Our Father which art in heaven. That's the only two pl- passages he knows in the entire scripture. And then he's going to discredit you. The devil's going to use that mouth because you respect Uncle Bill. You respect everything Uncle Bill says because Uncle Bill's a good old uncle. But then Uncle Bill ain't been in church in 750 years and said, Well, if you didn't speak in tongues and if there wasn't an interpreter, you didn't get it. We don't, we don't do that around here. I have seen young people who have been strung out on alcohol pour their whiskey down the drain and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to live for God. And God fill them with the Holy Ghost. And then they go visit Uncle Bill. And Uncle Bill talks them completely out of it. And within two months, that boy is back out in the bars and he's drunker than Cooter Brown. I'm just telling you what life is. But we have the power of God in our lives and it doesn't matter what anybody says because they're gonna, people are not going to be happy about you living for the Lord. They want to listen to people that you hang around that suddenly are, you do the dirty deeds with them and now you're not doing dirty deeds anymore because you've got Jesus in your life. They don't want you to go, oh, here comes Dave Glenn. Oh, holy Dave. Hallelujah. He's holier than us now. He, yeah, he ain't going to hang with us on Friday nights anymore. He ain't going to do this. He ain't going to do And guess what? They're going to feel convicted. Is this making any sense to anybody or am I just rambling? They're going to feel convicted. And they're not going to want you to stay in church because you make them feel bad because if you're trying to live for God, they're trying not to live for God. And so there's going to be problems. These guys laid the hands on the apostles, put them in prison, but everybody say, but. Oh, say it really like you mean it. But. But the angel of the Lord. You see, God will take care of you. If you're willing to make a stand and take a stand, God will take care of you. The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. <laughs> the same guys that threw him in prison, the angel comes behind him and unlocks the doors. They get on out of here, boys, and go talk to them. Go tell them, guess what? It's well worth it. Everybody say, it's well worth it. It's well worth this thing. This is the greatest life ever, in case you haven't figured it out yet. It's the greatest life ever. Amen. This is Living for Jesus is the greatest life ever. Amen. Amen. It's easy to live for God hard, but it's hard to live for God easy. Amen. Amen. If you let sin creep into your life, it's going to be hard to live for God because sin cannot exist in his presence. That's why when you come to church, you feel like scum. That's why you feel like toe jam. I'm talking about white tube sock, Hanes, sweaty toe jam. It's nasty, isn't it? That's what you feel like. When you let sin in your life and then you come into the church. Now, some churches you can go in and you're just fine because there's no conviction there. Because there's no spirit there. But if you come into a church that is connected to the spirit of Jesus, you're going to feel like scum between his toes. Uh Uh-huh. And you're going to feel really nasty. You're going to feel really dirty. Why? And you say, oh, man, that's why people don't want to come to church because they don't want to feel conviction. And I heard somebody said to me one time, maybe God ought to get rid of conviction. 
That way people would feel good when they come to church. We already have those kind of churches. There is no conviction. See, I applaud all of you. I applaud all of you for coming back week after week and taking a verbal beating from me. I'm just trying to get you to heaven. Hmm. I'm just trying to get you to heaven. I'm trying to help you, hip you. I'm trying to get you on the course that's going to take you all the way. This is the only way I know how to do it. This is what I've done my whole life. I've done this for 40 years, I've, and, I, and I just real, really think that this is the only way because everything that's happened to me is in the book. He said, repent and get baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I did. I repented, got baptized, man, got the Holy Ghost. And then it was like Ezekiel. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. It's like the wheel in the middle of the wheel. It's like, it's like just uh, there's a power coming inside of me, and now I can walk into a place. I could walk through a bar right now and never take a drink of an alcoholic beverage. I can sit down with a bunch of drunks and stay sober. Because he gives me power over sin. I can sit down with a bunch of gossipers and never gossip. I said, my God, Pastor, you went from drunks to gossipers. Same thing. Sin is sin. Isn't it? Huh? Sin is sin. Go out on a business trip and everybody's cheating on their spouses and I go on mine and hey, I'm not cheating on my spouse. I'm stuck in China in the airport. Hallelujah. Woo. I ain't going. Amy said, well, just go get you a room. I said, I ain't going out of this. I said, number one, I don't speak Chinese. Number two, I have blonde hair. Do you know how many blonde-haired people there are in Beijing, China? Not very many. Number three, I have a blue passport. And number four, I remembered Bernie's experience in the Ukraine. And I said, you know what? I'm staying right here in this airport. I don't care if I'm here for days. There's a Pizza Hut. There's a Burger King. I played about four million games of solitaire on my iPad. I wasn't going out. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying that I can stay faithful in the kingdom because the Holy Ghost power inside of me keeps me that way. And God wants to keep you faithful in the kingdom. And God wants to give you power. And God wants you to say no to sin. Amen. And, and so then it says, And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them. When's the last time? Did anybody get beat before he came to church this morning? If you have, I, if, you're, if you're ashamed to tell me, just send me a note. Pass me a note. None of us got beat this morning before we came to church. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing. Now there's an interesting deal. They had just been beat up by the council. They had just been beat up by the religious people. They had just been beat up by Uncle Bill's cousins. Twice removed. Cousins. And they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, watch this, and in every house, 
they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They said, don't speak in that name of Jesus. And daily in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus. It may come down to this in the United States of America, friends, that we could be outlawed one day. Church could be outlawed someday. And then what are we going to do? They may take our Bibles, they may take our buildings, they may shut us down, they may put us in prison. You know the first, the first cat of the church that's going into prison, don't you? Well, it ain't Kevin. You know the first guy they're going to put in prison? You don't know, Frank? Probably me. Because I'm the leader. And I've got to get an attitude like Brother Alinkoff in Bulgaria. Who's been arrested over 300 times. We were talking one day, and he said, we may have to do this. And I said, Brother Linkoff, we could get arrested. And he said, so? I said, so? I've never been arrested. Oh, Brother Tracy. I said, well, how many times have you been arrested? He said, just a little over 300 times. 300 times. And I've never been arrested once. And he said, oh, it's okay. It'll be all right. He said, they will let you go. He said, you go in and they question you and lock you up for a while and then somebody comes and gets you and then you just go back out and it'll be all right. Oh, brother, 300, 300 times. He said, it is nothing to get arrested. It happens all the time. So, oh, get working on that attitude, Brad. And you're, roll you 300 times, 300 times. They preached. They kept preaching. Why? Because it was like fire shut up in them. There was something real to them. It set them free. It turned them inside out. Samaria is rocking. Samaria is rocking. And I'm going to close with this. Everybody say Samaria. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed. They listened to everything Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. If, that's anything, if there's anything that we need in 2020, is we need a baptism of joy. Brothers and sisters, get joy. I preached a message several years ago about the joy of the Lord and the wells of salvation. Does anybody remember that? The Bible says, with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. If you don't have joy, you don't have the ability to draw from the well because joy is the tool, the implement used to get what you need from the wells of salvation. And the devil wants to steal your joy. The devil wants you to say, oh, my God. We went to church at 10 o'clock, and the pastor kept us until 1, 3, or 3, 3, 3 hours. 
Three hours, Tim. Three hours. Three hours don't even get you to Honolulu on a flight, does it? It just gets you at a cruising altitude. Three hours. Three hours. Then we went there, and the sound system was so loud. The sound system was so quiet. The service was too hot. The air was too cold. The pews were too hard. The pews were too soft. You getting it yet? The devil wants to, oh, I wish they would sing my favorite song. Oh, are they going to sing that song another time? They have sang that song for 15 minutes. Oh, Jesus, don't let them play that song again. Lord, don't let pastors sing, then sings my song. Don't let him sing it again. What are you doing? I'm telling you, the devil does everything he can to steal your joy. The devil does everything he can to take your joy away. Because if he can take your joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. That's word. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if the devil can take your joy, he's taking your strength. If you don't have any strength, you can't fight him. When you can't fight him, he conquers your mind and throws stupid thoughts into your head. There was great joy in the city. Why is there great joy? Demons are coming out, crying with a loud voice. People that were palsied up, lame, are healed. Great joy. And the Lord gave Philip 34 miles of free travel. Oh, 30, we may stop right there. We can pick that. I want you to go do a study on 34 miles of free travel. That's a lot of walking. The Lord said, you don't have to walk this time. Guess what, brothers and sisters? The book of Acts Church is yours if you want it. You can live in victory in 2020. You can stand. You can live victorious all year long in 2020. Now I'm telling you all this to say this. Please, please, unless I see your spirit leaving your body off a security camera in the emergency room, I hope that you're at the dinner Saturday night. Because this new ministry that we're going to do, everybody can do. I can do it. Sammy can do it. You don't have to sing. You don't have to preach. You don't have to do anything. You just got to show up. Can you do that, Brad? You show up? Okay. Can you show up? That wasn't one of the choices. You had one choice. Pray about that. They working you, Ponderosa? Where are you working? Oh, Jesus. Touch him, Lord. Help him. Help him. All right. I'll have to pray about this. Just show up. All you got to do is just show up. Because when we walk together in unity, things happen. We walk together in unity, things happen. 
a threefold cord is not easily broken. He sent the disciples out two by two. You don't go by yourself. If you fall and you got a buddy, your buddy can help you up, pick you up, right? The boys found your candy bag, didn't they? Yes, they did. Any of you little kids you like candy, see Johnny, Brother Johnny, he's got candy. Candy! He's got candy. We're going to get together. We're going to do this thing. You say, I don't know if I can do it by myself. Listen, I'm going to help you. Get, if you let me, I'm going to help you get joy in your life this year. The children of Israel, and I'm closing with this. The children of Israel. Kaylin, do you want to play something? What do you want to play? I don't know. Whatever you got. The children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they complained the whole time. First of all, if you know, if you think about it, you know, you see the movie, um, the old movie of Moses, and they got old grandpa coming out of there on the crutch. That's a lie. The Bible says there was a mass healing that night of Passover. Nobody was feeble. The aged came out strong. Everybody was healed. Number one, there is a divine deliverance because of the blood of the Lamb. Number two, there was divine healing in millions of people. Number three, they were told the day before, I want you to go to all your Egyptian neighbors and ask them for all of their gold, their silver, their fine linens and garments. And God said, I am about to pay you for 400 years of slavery. So when they got to the ta- out in the wilderness and they began to build the tabernacle, everything that they had spoiled from Egypt, they put in the tabernacle. And so they lived through all of these miracles. They lived through all of this stuff. And when they got to Jericho, it was so magnificent and so awesome. They were in awe. Awesome comes from the word awe. They were so awed that they said, we're just grasshoppers in their sight. We can't do this. We're going to die in the wilderness. Our children are going to die in the wilderness. Why did God do this to us? And the Lord told Moses, he said, you tell the children of Israel, I am going to do to them exactly what they put in my ears. And nobody from 20 years old and up goes in to the promised land until that generation's gone and the new generation can have it, except for two people. We know those two people. We don't know the other 10 Does anybody know the names of the 10 spies who said we can't do it? Off the top of your head, without cheating, without Googling. No. But we know Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb was 85 years old. 85 years old. And the Bible says that he said, my eyesight's still good. My strength is still here. He said, I want my mountain that I walked on 40 years ago. You can have what God's promised you. You can have it, but the devil wants to detour you. The devil wants to clog your mind. The devil wants to throw thoughts in there that really don't even exist. Thoughts in there that really don't even matter anyway. Amen. What you got to say? Why don't you come on up as a family today? Come on up. On our first, our first Sunday of the year, of the decade, 
God's got a plan for each one of us. God has a plan for every one of us. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life that you never dreamed of. Come on. Get in here close. Get in here close. Megan, you got a good touch from the Lord today. Got a good touch from the Lord. Amen. What's the Lord Lord spoke to you all these years? And the devil said, ah, you'll never have that. You'll never have that. And every time, come on back up here. That must be yes in Laos. Where's where's Addie? There's Addie. So it never ceases to amaze me how God works. God wants to work in your life. God wants to work in all your lives. So here's Addie. Here's Addie. And Addie's going to go get her nails done. Right? Uh I haven't had mine done in a long time. About 53 years. Amen. Hallelujah. They look good, don't they? They're very strong. I had to cut them with toenail clippers. Amen. Anyhow, that has nothing to do with the Lord right now. Yeah, it does. He gave me good fingernails, didn't he? Yeah. They don't break, splinter. It's good. Addie goes to get her nails done. Well, the lady that she goes, ah, joy. Come. Come on. Come on on up here. Amen. So, do you remember when Addie came to get her nails done? Yes. And you told her that you had a son. And you said, pray for my son. He needs the Lord. That's him. That's him. When was that? Do you know when that was? So last year, before you went to Poland, so that would have been in uh, 2018. So May, probably May of 2018. So Addie goes to Joy to get her fingernails done. Joy says, pray for my son. Because he needs Jesus. Yeah? That was in May of 2018. And then, when did you come to church, Brother Johnny? Last year? So you came in January of 2019? So between May of 2018 and January of 2019, you were praying for her son, that he would find Jesus. And then, a bunch of us... Me, Danny, Mitchell, Johnny, Brother Lewis, we all go eat Thai. And before we eat Thai, what do we do, Johnny, when we, before we eat Thai? We pray. And Johnny sees us praying. Oh. Johnny sees us praying. And he just keeps seeing us. Finally, he walks up. Brother Lewis and I are there one day. And he says, where is your church? I want to come visit. Now, what Johnny didn't know was 
that mama had put a prayer request in to Addie, and she's praying for you. Then you come to church. You came to church. You walked in your second service over there about where uh, Abby and Macy are. You got the Holy Ghost. And suddenly Ab- Addie says, oh, my goodness, that's the boy that I, his mom asked me to pray for her son so he would find Jesus. And guess what? Here he is. And he feels a call to pre- preach and minister. Hey, what am I saying? I'm saying if God can do all the connections, God can do the connections that you need in your life done. God can do the connections that you need in your life. Amen? You believe it? All right, sister. Sing something to encourage us. don't have to worry and don't you be afraid joy comes in the morning troubles they don't last always remember there's a friend in Jesus who will wipe your tears away so if your heart is broken Just raise your hands and say, I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in His hands. hands. Oh, I know that I can make it. I know I can stand. 